It's kind of like you used to say when I was a Valley Parker, you know, they, they say, are you a Valley Parker? Said, no, I'm an, I'm an automotive relocating engineer. <laughs> <laughs> now you're under arrest. <laughs> step out of the car. I just stop. relocated it yeah, to a different re- neighborhood. Go ahead and step out of the vehicle, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm really excited about 2023. Well, part of what I love about the, this podcast is just being able to have conversations. That, um, really, John's vision around that at first was just a, how do we think about the church? Church, kind of the coming church, what the church is, what, you know, what it's not, you know, what it might look like in the future. And I think what I love just about both of, of y'all is that you represent kind of um, that, not just the effort of that, but really the promise of what God might be doing in Spring Branch and Gessner Road. And so, um, Paul, I know that you are, I mean, the born on date, you know, is still yeah. smudgy. I'm in week five. On, on you. Yeah. So could you tell us just um, a little bit about yourself and sure. your background as we get to know you both as a community at Chapelwood and um, in Spring Branch? And, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Paul Myler is my name and uh, married to Allison, uh, my beautiful wife. Have two daughters, Emily and Julia. They're 11 and 13. Mm. And um, yeah, so for 20 years, I was a chemical engineer before I decided to become a pastor. And um, that I, re- I see that straight path from. Yeah, I, I right. Know. I was yeah. going to ask yeah. you, Inge- that? engineering that? and theology, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a tale of woe and sorrow for sure. But <laughs> but the short short long short of it is is uh, I was working overseas in Belgium. And uh, we went to this just fantastic church. It was it was essentially a house church. It was called the Antwerp International Protestant Church, and it was the only English speaking uh, church in town. And uh, I mean, just folks from every corner of the world. And uh, what I loved about it is there was unity in diversity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, I always said you could feel the, the the Holy Spirit was palpable there. You could feel it. So when you mm-hmm. open the doors to this church or this school auditorium that they were in. I mean, you could feel it. The Holy Spirit just like smacked you in the face. Mm. And I thought, you know, this is what the kingdom of God is really like. Mm. And I had never really experienced that, even though I'd grown up in the church and, you know, had been around church my whole life. But to really experience, you know, the the breadth and the depth and the the richness of the kingdom of God Mm. there was something that, you know, was life-changing. And so then I came. Did go you, ahead. Uh, that yeah. community. I'm interested uh-huh. in that. Was that? Did you see those folks a lot? Was it a once a week kind of thing? Were you in each other's homes? Yeah, you... I mean, it was. It was a lot of that, right? Oh, okay. So we we you know met on Sundays, of course, but there tended to be at least one or two other events in a week because mm-hmm. again, we didn't have a whole lot of. Uh, English speakers to hang out with. So we would be at each other's house playing games or had a Bible study every now and again. If you um, notice, that seemed to be like a kind of like a, yeah, a lead question. A lead in there. Because there's, <laughs> there's certain ingredients that lead up to that kind of a church experience. Yeah. I think Don't we give can... all my cards. <laughs> Shut up there, Joseph Rios. <laughs> no, I just think the dynamics of that are like interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely, like, yeah. Like you're in a foreign country. Yeah. You're like displaced from a place that, you know, feels normal and that's controllable and uncontestable. Right. You're in a space mm. that 
you open up the doors and there's deep hospitality connection, all yes. that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's not just meeting a quote unquote felt need. I mean, these are needs of belonging and needs yeah. of your family and right and, yeah. and and needs I didn't even know I had, <laughs> right? You yeah, know, like yeah. I didn't know I needed yeah. that kind of experience with like a, again the kingdom of God, yeah. and so um, so that was amazing. But then I moved back to the U.S. and and you know they'll tell you moving back to the U.S. Re, repatriating is actually a pretty difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I went through a uh, wilderness period. There's a lot of Jonah in my story mm-hmm. where I, I I ran away from the call I was feeling, and it mm-hmm. lasted for almost seven years. And wow. um, you know I kept rationalizing with God or like you know, negotiating and I'd say, well, you know, I'll, I'll teach a Sunday school class or I'll be involved in this and that. And God kept saying, nope, that's not it. That's not it. (laughs) And then finally my wife, who is, is really a spiritual anchor for me. I mean, she, a spiritual director, even she, she turned to me. I remember very distinctly, she turned to me in the car and said, you know, whatever, whatever this is, it's not working for you. So you need Mm -hmm. to try something else. And I said, well, I want to go to seminary. And she's wow. like, uh, okay, well, I was, well, I mean, you know, not what, I was, not, I was, I was, I was thinking, yeah. Buy a book or start a journal or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, but that's where, how it started. So I went off to seminary at Perkins and, and man, just since then I've been led into so many places that I never thought I'd be. Did you, I, did you quit your job immediately? I, I did, go, or did I, sort did you... of quit my job. Um, <laughs> I was I, I ended up working part time, okay. and then the company I was working with they were great. You okay. know they they said, well, we're taking you off the the executive track. <laughs> you've you've blown up that part, but you know there's plenty of stuff you can still do for us. So I, I worked part time for them while I was in seminary. Um, yeah, but just I mean I continued to be led into places I never thought I'd be. Mm. And seeing the Holy Spirit working in, in ways that, you know, I thought I would be an executive pastor. You know, I, I assumed I would be, you know, the guy in the back room doing the, the finances, right? Because that was my skill. Uh, but God has uh, definitely led me into environments that are much beyond that. So working with the unhoused population down in Galveston, um, is a great example. Just, uh, you know, I said on my first appointment, I didn't want to go to a uh, small church in a rural community, and I didn't want to be a solo pastor. So my first appointment was at Aldersgate in Santa Fe, Texas, where I was a <laughs> solo, solo pastor, pastor in a small church in a rural environment. Yeah. So, but but it was wonderful, you yeah. know, getting to see how the kingdom of God works in that community was wonderful too. How long were you in Santa Fe? Two years, two and a half years. Okay. Yep. Were you there during the tragedy of that shooting? And that I was tragedy? not. I okay. was not. Um, that happened in 2018. I got there in 2020. Okay. But it was still yeah. a very, very live issue is still today. Because what, what I noticed is when I got there, that was the first story you heard. Mm. You know, they would tell you where they were, how they found out, who they knew. And so you could just feel the trauma still mm. was still a very real uh, thing there. Mm. And there were still folks in the congregation that were directly affected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, folks still uh, 
going through PTSD and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was interesting too, of, of learning to, um, be uh, sensitive to that, mm. making sure your, you know, your, your worship space is such that people don't feel like they're confined or trapped. So they're interesting mm. things we had to learn mm. about that. So you were there two years, right? Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you feel? What was your biggest takeaway from that two years of your life? Um, <laughs> uh, Disaffiliation sucks. <laughs> yeah, we did we did go through the disaffiliation battle, you know, and uh, <clears throat> that was terrible. That was a terrible time. Uh, that church in the end ended up not disaffiliating, um, which I think is the best thing for that church. Um, but just the whole um, the, that whole battle was a uh, was terrible. Yeah. It was so divisive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking back, I think there was such poor leadership within our conference mm-hmm. about that. I think part of the way that both um, John and you know other folks, um, as his elk has led, has been much more of a broader space where there's yeah. like there's compatibility, right. and that is asking the question sure. of, oh, wait a minute, you know, we may have really different both theological and cultural views on this. Mm-hmm. Um, can we still meet at the the Lord's table? Right, and I think mm-hmm. the way that he has led. Uh, in this space and really writ large around the conference has been um, a necessity out of the lack of leadership we yeah. had. It was a binary up or down, yes, yeah. no, you're in, you're out. I think it killed so many things within the church. Especially those small churches out there. I mean, yeah. they really struggled from that lack of leadership like yeah. you're talking about. And so it was really interesting because I found John, John Stevens, um, in, in this podcast, in fact, and used a lot of that same language into my context. Mm, and that was, wow. this was before I had any idea I'd be coming to Chapelwood. And so, yeah, you're right. That, that leadership that John provided was vital yeah, huge. For, even, for even the little bit of, uh, you know, healing we were able to, mm, to do so in mine. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. But other things, though, you know, besides that, I probably shouldn't have let off with that one. But besides that, I'd say... One of my big learnings is people are hungry. People are hungry for discipleship. They're hungry for connection. Mm-hmm. They just don't necessarily know, you know, what they're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So I started a youngish adult class, which I include myself as youngish, so 45 and younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the United Methodist Church, yeah. I mean, you're the oh, youth yeah. group, bro. <laughs> I mean, That's right. <laughs> it's all balloons and pies from here on. <laughs> but that group was, was really amazing, because all we did was we just sat down. I, I used the exact same Bible study format that I used with the unhoused folks down in Galveston, okay. which was, hey, we're going to open the Bible and go, what do y'all want to study today? And we'll read 20 verses of scripture, just little bits. What do you feel about that? And just go around the table. And that just was so impactful in both of those environments. Impactful for me. I learned a lot in both of those environments, but also for those folks. You know, to it was the first time a lot of the f- people were able to really ask those hard questions, mm-hmm. you know, where they didn't feel like, there's a yes or no black and white answer that it's okay to question. It's okay to not know uh, the definitive, you know, how many angels dance on the head of a needle kind of answer Mm -hmm. and to question and to wonder and to say, well, wait a minute, how does this work in real life? Um, 
It was beautiful. That's great. That 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 group really was sustained me. I kept telling them, I was like, you know, you think you're coming to my class, but <laughs> I actually come to this for my own mm. uh, needs. Mm. I need this too. You know, you need that community that yeah. we talked about. Yeah. yeah, those kind of Bible studies can get dangerous pretty quick too. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, uh, but in a good way. What do you What do you think? You know, oh Lord, <laughs> I wasn't sure I really wanted to ask that question. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> one of One of the things that I've loved about Houston, um, and part of that has just been kind of re- um, living here for a long time, and then leaving, and then looking back at this space, and then really through the lens of some of the Kinder Institute um, and the area studies that they've done, realizing that, as um, Feinberg says, um, that really um, Houston is where we're going to work out the the history and the context of of America. You know, the I way lo- that I love that the Houston goes, and I've always then kind of caught on the coattails of that and said, well, if Houston is where America is working itself out, then the the church in Houston mm-hmm. yeah. is where the church is going to work itself out in America. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of the part of what I love about being both in Chapelwood and in Spring Branch particularly is mm-hmm. that it's like this it's this like crazy crossroads of culture and and both all these kinds of things are happening, which brings both promise and some really concerns about how we um, love our neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. How we, what does that yeah. mean, right? Right. Um, and so, um, y'all, y'all being at Fairhaven now as a you know pastoral team, and 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 as y'all are looking into the, this zip code, I just look at that and just I get super stoked and excited, yeah, to see what might emerge and so yeah um sure i just i'd love to hear kind of some of what that's been like in the last i know five weeks weeks, (laughs) but also i mean joseph you ostensibly are leading i think one of the most successful hispanic ministries and i i want to say this not as putting parentheses around hispanic ministry you're leading one of the most successful ministries Mm -hmm. um at chapelwood that happens to be Um, with our Hispanic population. Um, so, because um, often we say, well, that's a really, for youth groups, that's really good. You know, so as if it's qualified <laughs> to not be like the actual ministry, right? right? So I, I don't want to say Hispanic, I, it is, but um, what you're doing there is vital and vibrant. And so to watch you guys kind of start to have these dialogues about the city and about communities, yeah, I'd just love to hear. Well, I'm I'm very excited when I, you know, Paul. I've, I've got to know his heart, and um, I think just the the approach that he's taking, and and saying, hey, we're going to pastor this community together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to be one or the other, or us and they, and that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. That we're going to do this together, mm-hmm. and we know we have different offerings for different groups of people. Yeah. Yep. You know, but at the end of the day, our our thought is how do we how do we approach it together? You know, mm-hmm. how do we, uh, we're going to get to do our first uh, ministry um, deal here for Spring Spirit together mm-hmm. uh, yep. for, uh, for Easter. Okay. We're going to do kind of a journey to the cross experience. And so we're very excited that, yeah. that, uh, that Paul and the Fairhaven group are going to, we're going to go together. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be our first one. And I'm, I'm, there's so many dynamics there that when he first told me that he was willing to do it, I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, I think uh, we're going to see some some great things. I, I grew up in a church where my dad was the pastor of the Spanish church. Mm-hmm. But we were also connected with 
um, you know, and we love what we lovingly call them the gringos. <laughs> you know, we've always felt loved when you've called us. That. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. Uh, and so I've, I've always that's 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 always been my, you know, my mindset. Um, and uh, I think I've been able to see a lot of opportunities yeah. through those kind of lens. Absolutely. And uh, and I haven't seen a I really haven't seen a church do it very successfully. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I haven't seen. It's super hard. Yes, it's it's well, super hard. I wonder also that, like, I haven't seen it because I haven't seen relationships that constitute that. Like when you yeah. when you like kind of engineer it. Um, now I'm going to talk engineering yeah. in front of an engineer. This go for be great. it. Here oh, we go. Yeah. I'll you take go. notes. <laughs> Please. When you create, Please tell me more about when engineering. You create plans and structure, and then overlay it over a community. It does work because of the very dynamic of what it means to be Christian at its core is relationship yeah, yeah right for sure and yeah. so you can't structure relate it's no. like you can't like dissect love and go okay now this is, you know you kill it yeah and so in a sense you have to we haven't seen it because i don't think there's been relationships that have been given to each other and that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. constitutes what paul says love you yeah. know yeah so it's all about that intentionality right i mean yeah. you just yeah. and it has to start with the pastors right it has to mm-hmm. start at the top and then we'll see where it goes, and then you got to leave so much room for the spirit, right? Because the yeah. spirit is going to lead in directions that we even haven't even thought of yet. Mm. But we have to uh, be open to that, and then be willing to walk into those doors together, yeah. you know. And um, and then once we kind of get that going, there's going to be other folks that see that and get excited by that, and and. It's just that organic relationship building that, like you say, you can't, you can't engineer it. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't have a nine-point plan for relationship building. Yeah. But you can put yourself into situations where, you know, where you're intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically all you can do, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, I think our highest call in ministry as pastors is, is to be architects of unity. Mm. You know, I, I really think that we're, we're called to be architects of unity. That's good. Yeah. Freaking bumpers to Yeah, right no there. kidding. You know that we're, <laughs> I'll write that what, down. What are you, Matt? I'm an architect of unity. <laughs> Come on, Rios. Uh, like, Put that on your talk, card. Talk yeah. about that a little. What's that, what's that mean? It's kind of yeah. like, like you used to say when I was a Valley Parker. You know, they, they say, are you a Valley Parker? Said, no, I'm an, I'm an automotive relocating engineer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really, I really... <laughs> Now you're under arrest. (laughs) Step out of the car. I just relocated it to a different neighborhood. Go ahead and step out of the vehicle, sir. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we call that grand theft auto anyways. No, but I I think, you know, the, the... you know, the Psalm 133, mm. you know, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren mm. to dwell together in unity. Yeah. yeah. And he and he goes at the end there and talks about there's blessing and life mm. eternal. And so I think that while we we have to we need to teach people how to pray, we need to teach people doctrine, those kind of things, unity is what the first church was known for. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean that's what that's yeah. what 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 exploded, yeah. you know, on the scene. Even with all the, you know, the problems that they had. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's like you, I think you said it before, is that, I mean, Paul was always teaching and preaching unity, oh, right? Like, I think I was just like obsessed with all of like, don't you get it? Mm-hmm. You, you're in relationship and this constitutes something 
new. Mm-hmm. Yes. No longer will you be known as, you know, whatever the culture says you're known as. You're now, that's where the word brother and sister, mm-hmm. like family, mm-hmm. this, like we say those things pretty flippantly. When I was in, living in Latin America um, uh, and I was reading a bunch of stuff on liberation theology, one of the things that this sociologist talked about from the University of Texas when she walked in and was studying Guatemala, she said the reason why the evangelical church or the church writ large had such a deep impact in places of deep systemic cultural trauma where there had been genocide is because you have parents and brothers and sisters and whole family units that have been either dislocated from each other or they've been wiped out because of the death squads. And when you have somebody come in and reconstitute language of brother and sister, it begins to then heal trauma. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that language that we're called to use isn't um, is to point us to a deeper reality. Right. Beyond what our culture says um, is our reality of of I am what I am because Mm -hmm. of my degree, because where I live, because what I draw. Right. That that when you step into this reality, like we are brothers and sisters. And if you notice one of your brothers or sisters that's hungry, there might be a problem in your family, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I don't care yeah. what zip code they live in. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that's what I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I get excited about. Well, and I'm dealing with that on the, you know, in our, you know, everybody thinks of us, obviously, when you think about a Spanish church, you say, okay, that's a, that's a group of Hispanics. And I remember back in the 80s, they would just say, oh, that's a group of, that's a bunch of Mexicans. <laughs> you know? um, right. And then, of course, of course, the Mexicans would be offended. Yeah, right? you know? We're like, hey, yeah, we're not like that. My friend Marlon says he had to, he was born in, uh, in El Salvador, but he had to come to Texas to become a Mexican. Right. <laughs> there's, something, you know, there's something about that. Yeah, and in our community, we have probably about 13 or 14 Latino nationalities. Oh, wow. wow. And believe me, yeah, you know it's not easy either. You know the whole concept of of, of uh, racism in America and the way that operates. If you go to other countries, racism exists in other shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know you've got you've got Latinos that look down on other Latinos. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're the same 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 skin color, just different zip codes. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so I I really feel like my main job in the church is helping people come together breaking down those barriers and and helping you know get to eat you know sunday we had a we celebrated somebody's birthday mm-hmm. and there was uh, somebody who's a mexican artemio you probably know yeah, artemio. No, yeah, artemio i love him yeah uh, he's got the hugest heart he does and he, the broadest shoulders and the broadest I mean? shoulders this guy, just a <laughs> this guy helps of a man. he goes to pick people up i mean he's just this guy's he's pulled me out of more than literally one or two ditches in my life i mean he just shows up he's amazing. yes nice and we had so somebody mm-hmm. took us all to a colombian restaurant and we had colombians there venezuelans guatemalans all different nationalities <laughs> celebrating this one mexican guy you know and because they they love them, yeah. yeah. And for me, so that that's just just to give an example. I think of what we're called to do, yeah, yeah. You know, to architect unity amongst the body of Christ. And when that happens, oh my God, amazing things <laughs> just takes to off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the stuff that happens is just, you yeah. know, it's what you're talking. The feeling that you had, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, Which, uh, and I, what what strikes me is when you're talking about the you know the dislocation. Mm-hmm. 
that we all have that, right? We all have some amount of dislocation. And in a place like Spring Branch, you know, that's for some folks that's closer to the surface. And so how can we, how can we as a church speak into that dislocation? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Is how can we reconstitute a new family? You know, these are, what does Jesus mm-hmm. say? Here are my mother, my brother, and my that's sister. Right. That's right. You know, whoever does the will of God is my mother and brother. And mm-hmm. so that's that's the kind of thing I was thinking about is, in, you know, as I'm thinking more and more about Spring Branch specifically as a mission field of, you know, where is the de- dislocation? And, and, I mean, you don't have to go far. No. I mean. It's the, not limited the to guy, the zip code, right? Yeah. <laughs> the guy, there's a guy on our right outside the church uh, in the median of the mm-hmm. Gessner Road. And I don't know. Do you know who that is? I don't know his name yet. But, uh, you know, he, you, you think, you know, this is a guy that, you know, is experiencing dislocation. And how can we reach him as the church, mm-hmm. as an example? Yeah. yeah. So as y'all look to kind of where y'all's feet are kind of planted right now, what are the, some of the things that you're looking forward to that, that that feel like there's promise there that you know um signs of growth that are kind of springing up i know paul you're um you know that you're five weeks in mm-hmm. um i found the copier machine so <laughs> I'm, well, I'm on a i'm on a pretty good that's track. about 50 percent of the battle right there right? <laughs> i don't i don't think my card works for it yet but okay i found it yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but because I, I, it's funny. Maybe you, you having like part of our connection was through Michael Ginger, who's sure. at Central yep. UMC, and just my deep respect and love for him, and mm-hmm. and your connection with that yep. kind of community. Knowing, okay, here's an engineer that like has a brain of the engineer, but also this like heart of a poet. You know, kind of. It's the first time I've ever been wow. called a poet. Well, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, um, you're, you're. I have a heart for. I have possible. a heart for people. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. want. Well, I loved your approach when we first met for lunch. Sarah Barnett got us together for lunch. Remember yep. that? Yep, yep. And I was like, all right, let me. What's this guy? Gonna what's be this all white about? guy going to be what's about? This, what's yeah. this gringo? <laughs> gringo. <laughs> and I remember one of your first words when you when you had your chance to speak, and it stuck with me. It says, "We're going to do this together." Yeah. And after that, sure. it was all, you had me from there. Like, yeah. It was like, yeah. what was the, the Jerry Maguire? Yeah, you had me in <laughs> yeah. Shut you, up, Jerry. <laughs> the rest of it, I was just like, blah, 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 whatever. I heard together. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what's key, mm-hmm. you know, to do it. And we'll figure it out. Yeah. The, the Lord will, the Lord will give it to us. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, that. I'm not, I'm not even concerned about. No. Yeah. The details. The or, lack of opportunity you, will never we're together. be a problem. Absolutely. <laughs> right. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But that's, that's deep in my theology. Theology, though, of my, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things I really think about is there's only one kingdom of God. There is yes. only one spirit, right? Yes. And yeah. and so we are all following along behind that spirit. Yeah. And so of course we have to do it together. It's ridiculous not to. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that we have of dividing ourselves up into all these little, you know, bits and pieces, I think is is ludicrous. So yeah. Of course, we're going to do it together, but it's always, always going to be that seeking, where is the Spirit? Absolutely. You know, what's the next step? Because no. the Spirit will always go before us. The Spirit will always be in the room before we will. And so that's that's what we can do together. And so what I'm looking forward to mm. is is with, you know, Joseph and Rikisha and all your guys at Generaciones is, yeah, how can we seek the Spirit together? Mm. 
and yes. really double down on that. Yeah. And then that, that takes a whole host of other skills, right? That mm-hmm. takes good uh, biblical knowledge. It takes discipleship. It takes being able to pray. It takes a lot of other stuff. But the overall goal, I think, is this kind of idea of, in my mind, is ever advancing, uh, ever advancing kingdom of God. You know, it's always moving outward into spring branch you know i like to say it it, it includes all those elements you know prayer uh, you know discipleship the word but i think there's one element that we that we forget and it's right in front of our faces and it's called food (laughs) that's right you've learned learned well from the methodists oh yeah for sure absolutely i mean so a table has been set before us right like we've somehow reduced that to like a really crappy cracker (laughs) in a a dip that we you know a little i mean like the it's a it's a it's a an abundant table Mm -hmm. right and yeah. um, and there's that abundance that you know that then you start inviting friends to and, yes. and enemies and frenemies and all these other things that you know that then God knits together. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think food. Is, I, I'm a big. I just I, tr- I push people. Hey, let's let's eat together. Yeah. Let's break bread together. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's something about when I eat with you, my guards come down. Yeah. You know, and I can. I can relate to you. Yeah. So. You, you will do well in the Methodist Church, Joseph. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still trying to decide if the Methodist Church is saved or not. You know, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to like, you know, shock like, and yeah, stuff. No, I understand. But, uh, <laughs> but then I figure if the Lord could save me, then all right. Grace abounds, <laughs> even for the Methodists. Well, you built, you built Generaciones in some ways off of meals together. Absolutely. You know, I've just watched you in the last few years and just watched you, you know, connect with folks over food, both individually and with your, you know, your family and other families. And then kind of as a collective, you know, and there is something about um, food, um, even in the New Testament is, you know, uh, you know, that who you ate with. Yeah. Right. And there's something yeah. for me, at least in our culture, is that when I eat, I, I have the tendency to slow down. Yeah, and I have different conversations. Yeah. Um, if if I'm looking at my schedule and I'm just you know I'm no. running through it and every, it, like a therapist, everybody's got 50 minutes. You Doesn't know, work. There's not going to be a lot of intimacy at the end of the day. I might have solved problems, but at the end of the day, um, relationships aren't to be solved; they're to be savored. Yeah, and I think yeah. food allows That's us good. to savor. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. You can stick that. Yeah. On. Is that another bumper sticker? Bumper sticker. <laughs> architect of unity. That's good. You know, I, I, I joke about it, but I, I, but I joke about it on purpose. Even like on our new members, uh, welcome. Yeah. We have a, a deal called Bienvenido a Casa. Yeah. Go ahead and practice that. Bienvenido a Casa. Bienvenido, Bienvenido a Casa. casa. Yeah, that's, called, that's welcome home. <laughs> and we do an experience where we eat, you know, mm-hmm. all the people that have visited our church and are interested in membership. We have a meal with them. Mm-hmm. And at the meal, we share the vision, you know, yeah. all of our stuff like that. that. But I tell them, I says, listen. We're not rude to food in this church, and we we will invite you to eat. And if and if we see that you're kind of passive, we will invite ourselves to eat at your house. <laughs> and uh, and so it's so it's funny because after our new members deal, people come up to me, hey, the, hey Joseph, hey, uh, by the way, I cook a nice dish of this, and and uh, and I even tell them, listen, if you want me to counsel you, if you want counseling, just start off with. 
Joseph, I've got a plate of food at the house, <laughs> and you've got me. Just whatever it is, whatever it is from there, yeah, is coming with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be hauling beds off. You don't care as long as there's a plate of food in front of it. But that is, you're right, Matt. Back to your point. That has created a culture yeah. of unity, of being around each other. And you know, and it's very successful. I mean, walk, walk yeah. through your stats for the month of. January. Huh. This is the engineering part. Okay. We're so, now we're to stats. Yeah. So you what you I'm I'm gonna in, do you remember in the month of January there we had thirty eight uh first time guests mm-hmm. um that had nothing to do with our bike giveaway from December. Just just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And of those thirty eight mm-hmm. guests, forty eight uh, uh fourteen of them came to our welcome home lunch and twelve decided to become members of the church. And how many baptisms? And two baptisms, yes, out of that group. One, two, yeah, if you want to get baptized. You talk about, you know, discipleship. You talk about relationship building. I mean, that is, that's the beauty of that, right, of being able to see that pull through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it ends with this beautiful being able to celebrate the sacrament of baptism. It's that's, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I wonder if part of the disconnect in some of the ways that the – um, I don't know, like the American church, I just kind of yeah. be so like grotesque just so, to put them all, lump it all in there, is that we have really, over the last um, maybe 30 years, relied on programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really was like in the era that I first got kind of into ministry is if you build it, they will come kind of thing, right? So mm. it's yeah. when you have like the willow creaking of America where there, you couldn't build, if you build it big enough and had a really like like crank and band that's all you really needed just it was fly paper right but um now like i think that in terms of our own discord and what you were you know that that deep sense of dislocation Mm -hmm. like like a crank and band in a space isn't gonna like heal me up anymore Um, you know and so i think kind of going not going back but recapturing the that relationality around food and connection and home come mm-hmm. home yeah. we got you yeah you know what i mean i mean i think yeah. that i think we're all searching for a place called home mm-hmm. you know or maybe it maybe it looks very different from the home we emerge from mm-hmm. yeah but a, a place that we create that is our home is uh, well think about the road to emmaus mm. jesus is walking with them yeah <laughs> you know and they didn't know he was with them until they sat down to eat. Yeah. And when they broke bread, you know, Boom. then the Bible says, then their eyes were opened. Yeah. And they're like, oh, how did our hearts burn within us? I'm just. You think they had I like just, a jump take when that happened? Like, holy cow, there's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that work? I want to know like details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were both, they were both right. diabetics. <laughs> and they finally. Got some sugar in the shit, and they're like, yeah. oh, wow, well, that's Jesus. <laughs> that's what was going on. <laughs> but it's just so funny to me that that happened around food. Yeah. yeah. And it's know? not an accident. That's yeah. not an accident. Not an accident. And, uh, uh, and so there is a very serious spiritual dynamic, you know, around having a meal. You slow down together, like Matt says. Mm-hmm. You know, you get comfortable, you lower your guards, and, and the Holy Spirit can can move, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. that's right. And I wonder if, if then in that space, like, you know, the dynamics, whatever it means to become community, you know, you get a little more, you're open to be a little more vulnerable. You know, you're open to share some things maybe that you wouldn't share in a 15-minute, you know, drive-by of a, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm, you know, all the pleasantries that right. you settle in for a while. And I think that's, I mean, I'm hungry for that. I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, yes, um, I think we all are. 
you know, basically I think as pastors, we end up, um, I think we have to move off the page of what we've been given that says, this is what a pastor is, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think basically we have to create out of our own longing to belong to say, oh, I need a space too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I need it. Like this idea of pastor is the Bible answer man is like, Mm. you know, it's like, like welcome to 1950 you know? yeah. it's like but well uh, like pastor as person that struggles with as much mm-hmm. integrity yeah you know in community yeah. mm-hmm. creating out of that healing and brokenness something that might be <laughs> yeah. is something that i think collectively y'all are doing and yeah. i think people are blessed more by our humanity you know mm-hmm. um when we as as uh, you know when it comes to being a pastor they they want to see our humanity. What is it? Somebody says, I learn more from people's mistakes than I do from their victories. Mm-hmm. I yeah. learn a lot more from other people's mistakes than I, from my own. Right. I repeat. Well, that's wisdom. That's called wisdom. That's actually called wisdom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or blindness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got three minutes. If y'all want to just kind of wrap up, tell people of Chapelwood and other people listening how they can support your ministries and then what you have going on this week, mm-hmm. and then we can finish up. We got three minutes to apologize to you out here. Okay. Anyone who's interested, I think, in, in um, start because we're at, Ch- at Fairhaven, we're we're almost starting over again. I mean, there is an existing congregation there, uh, but one thing we're doing right now is we're we're um, totally. Uh, throwing out our old order of worship and we're going to build a new order of worship together. And so that, that's been a really interesting wow. thing. So, so last week we started with a whiteboard. I love whiteboards, by the way. Um, and I just said, you know, what is worship? And we spent an hour just talking about what is that's worship. And so now we're going to build our own order of worship together. And how are we going to be in community? How are we going to worship the Lord together in community? So anyone who's interested in getting involved in that, I think that's a great way to get involved at Fairhaven. Of course, the food pantry is always looking for volunteers, yes. and that is an amazing ministry. I mean, there are, you want to make 100 contacts a day, bring a lawn chair and sit in the north parking lot at Fairhaven, and you will meet 100 people that are hungry for relationship or hungry for this family um yeah so those are two very easy i mean you could you could start tomorrow kind of things at at gessner so if 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 somebody wanted to show up on a sunday yeah where would they find you uh i'll be in i'm in the narthex most of the time or trinity center is where our classroom is so that starts at 10 o'clock okay is our uh, sunday school class and then 11 o'clock is our worship and right on and then you're having a fun. Bunch of things going on outside of that that that, that folks can get plugged into, whether that's the food yeah. pantry or other things. But okay. Yeah. So ten and eleven o'clock on Sundays. That's it. Sweet. Yeah. What about you, Joseph? Well, for us, um, there's also a lot of opportunities, like Paul said. One thing that I would say for Chapelwood folks is if you want to be a, a missionary uh, without having to go, you know, to another country, you know, come join us for worship. And feel what it is to be. It's a high energy, yeah. you know. If your ears bother you, you might want to bring some earplugs. <laughs> uh, but it's very high energy, high love. We, I call ourselves the church that hugs people. Um, and so mm-hmm. every Sunday, I ask people, listen, I want you to hug about 15 people before you leave. <laughs> and uh, and they do it too. How many weddings have you done over the last? <laughs> <laughs> We're. Um, 
our, uh, baby, our baby population has increased. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but we're, we're um, so, so that's, that's one way. Um, also, you know, if, if uh, it's a great opportunity to come, if, if you want to, uh, uh, you know, I, I just come in and, and, and adopt a family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you want to adopt a family and be a blessing to a family, we're getting families that are coming that are coming in from other countries like almost on a weekly basis wow. yeah. around our community. Okay. Yeah. Like last Sunday we just got a family of three from Colombia. You know, and uh of course we prepare them and we help them and stuff, but but if you want to adopt a family and just say, you know what, I I would like to look out for a family or have a family on my radar. Uh, we could always use help, you know, to help families like that. Those are the kind of cross connections between your community and kind of Green Bay and uh, and Fairhaven that I think going forward is going to be like low hanging, the mm-hmm. factor fruit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. just like, oh, so easy. This is what it means to be neighbor. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think that y'all leading us in that to what is already before us is going to be just huge. So if folks want to show up at your service, what um, what time is that? So. 11:30 is our service, and that meets uh, on the on the Fairhaven that campus. That uh, at the in the Fellowship Hall okay. on the Fairhaven campus, and um, we meet for prayer at 10 o'clock. All of our volunteers we meet. Paul was there a few yeah. weeks ago, and he prayed for us. Mm-hmm. And so um, in English, yeah, he prayed in English. <laughs> and uh, Spanish one. If if, uh, <laughs> if somebody does not know the language and they they want to yeah. be able to understand, we can provide translation yeah, for them. It's not a problem, you know, okay. so that they can you know, understand what's going on. Uh, but yeah, 1130 service and uh, we've got a great team, great kids team, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we I tell you where, where we could definitely use some help is if anybody has a passion for special needs kids. We have uh, a growing number of, of special needs kids coming. And we're we're praying and um, and looking to open up something you know in our yeah. on our Sunday experience for that. Okay. And so that's um, awesome. so mm-hmm. that's great. Y'all, thanks for being here. Yeah. I, I I I would love for us to kind of uh, bring y'all back together and just kind of just keep telling the story of what we see God doing. Oh, and this what is y'all fun. Are doing. It's love, just love. great. Yeah, absolutely. Any day hanging with Matt is is a fun. It's day. a good day. <laughs> it's I, a good. I'm, you never know I'm how down. it's going to go. You know. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, I'm Matt Russell. I'm Joseph Rios. I'm Paul Myler. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Mm-hmm.